couple of warnings before I start. So first of all, I want to try and um, count a bit of this as part of our engagement process. So we've got some colleagues in the room from uh, Monitor and TDA who hopefully will catch you today or you'll be able to catch them and describe what you want from NHS improvement as we're going through this, uh, this tricky process over the next couple of months. So try and do that. And second thing, uh, I'm only going to talk for a few minutes, so I'm really keen to answer questions if, yeah. if you've got things that you really want us to try and address or tackle or uh, you want to know where we are at the minute, you know, those sorts of things, very happy uh, to talk about them. So first of all, I mean, I think really what we need to do is what we've just heard. Um, the problem is we're not, we're not in shape yet to be able to really confront that. So uh, one of the things we're all, we're all grappling with is we've got this really negative narrative about uh, the NHS at the moment, and that'll get worse over the next few weeks. So financially, uh, Q2 results will be uh, uh, published and announced tomorrow, and will be awful, uh, surprisingly. Those of you that are working in the service will have seen your own uh, results, which are probably awful as well. 80-odd percent of providers certainly are in uh, trouble this year. Uh, we'll keep hearing about organisations going into special measures, having uh, quality problems, um, staff engagement problems, etc., etc. But in spite of that, we've got some fantastic examples across the NHS of people doing wonderful things. Even in uh, struggling organisations, you'll see fantastic things uh, happening. And the NHS overall, I think, is still uh, the best system in the world in terms of the joined up. Uh, fully comprehensive, accessible to all system, and we need to cherish that. So what we need uh, NHS improvement to do, I think, really now is to try and move us on to the next phase where we can actually collectively do the things uh, that people actually all want to do. So we're in a process now of trying to, um, first of all, uh, secure a reasonable settlement in the spending review, so we'll probably know today or tomorrow where we are with that. Uh, we've, got, we've set up already uh, NHS England and ourselves some big uh, planning events for a couple of weeks time which will hopefully give some, it'll not be great news but some better news uh, than we've had over the last few years so for me that's a kind of big uh, first uh, first step for us. As an organisation we're working on how we'll listen to people, we'll take um, inspiration as we've just heard, we'll look at good practice that's going on in the system, we'll look at the really confused array <laughs> Of, uh, of, of national architecture and other bodies where it's actually really hard to work out how you find good practice, how you realise you know, what, what the best evidence is uh, in this system, how you can find somebody who's doing something really well that you might struggle with, how you can have those conversations to help uh, your institution, your team, etc. improve. So NHS improvement has, has to work uh, through some of that and um, as a start at least make it better than it is at the minute. But it also has, we need to just be honest, it's got a, a performance edge, it's got a regulatory edge that we can't avoid. We're accountable public servants, we're providing a big public service. So I think we just need to be mature about getting that, uh, that balance right of improving first and regulating uh, second. And I think that has, I think we'll all agree, that's been uh, out of balance over the last uh, few years. Just reflect a little bit on my experience in uh, Northumbria, first of all. So I, I was in Northumbria for 20, uh, 25 years. Um, <coughs> so I've been in this job, I'm ne near the end of week three. I'm, st <laughs> I'm still alive. I feel about 20 years older already. So uh, 
but I can still vaguely remember uh, what it was like being in a, in, in a high-performing institution, and many of you are already uh, doing this. So the first thing that helped in Northumbria was we had longevity. Uh, we had a lot of people who had been there an awful long time uh, and refreshed over time, but a lot of the clinical leaders uh, were clinical leaders or starting a clinical leadership journey when, when I first got there 20 uh, odd years ago. And I think you can see internationally and certainly in the really high-performing organisations in this country like Salford, UCLH, Wrightington, Wigan and Lee, those sorts of places, a longevity in, uh, certainly in clinical leadership. And we're in a position where it's actually now incredibly hard to fill key jobs, surprisingly. It's really hard to find chief execs, finance directors, nurse directors, medical directors, etc. So that's not a surprise, is it, given where we are. So we need to we need to create an environment that we can actually get people to step up to the plate and do those jobs. So when people have asked me, uh, why am I doing this job? Um, I've nearly got an answer. I'm, I'm, I'm working, working on it so it's a better answer. But I think there is a bit of a sense of duty. We all need to step up to the plate in this next period. And if I was sat back in Northumbria, um, still quite comfortable doing reasonable things with great people. I could have just kept my head down, <laughs> but frankly, we all need to put our heads up and, uh, and get us out of the, the mess uh, that we're in now. So what NHS Improvement's gonna have to do, um, starting with hopefully spending review and tariff, is get the system into a position where it actually has a fighting chance again. Um, so that hasn't been the case, certainly not. Uh, this year. I think everyone in the provider world at this time last year looked at an efficiency factor of 4% knew absolutely then that was not pos uh, possible. So we shouldn't be surprised that we've got a deficit in the provider system of about £2 billion uh, this year. It was entirely predictable and frankly bloody stupid uh, to do that uh, at the time. So we need to learn from that. Uh, so NHS Improvement will hopefully give us a fighting chance, create a system that will get the balance right of support first, uh, regulation and performance management second. And thirdly, try and create a system that learns from what we've just heard about uh, by providing context, access to improvement, support, methodology, systems, evidence, et cetera, at a regional and a national level, and gets the style right of working alongside people to find improvement. And we had a saying in Northumbria, no improvement's too big or too small. And I think, you know, I'd really like to try and bring that uh, into this role. So in closing, I think what we really need is a bit more hope. Uh, people need a chance. There's a load of energy still in the NHS. We've got great people, this idea that we've got a load of feckless people uh, running NHS organisations deliberately doing a bad job is absolutely stupid, so let's get over that quickly and give everybody a fighting chance so we can move on to the next stage. So in two, three years' time, the aim is uh, we're actually recognised again uh, internationally, regionally, in local institutions, in teams, for the excellent service that the NHS is providing uh, for the people that we've talked about earlier on. So happy to take yeah, questions, you. Chris. Jim, thanks very much. Uh, very honest, very direct. Yeah. Awful figures coming out tomorrow. The NHS is in a mess. Can only get better, can't it? Uh, so you talk, Jim, about support first and regulation second. Just say a bit more about what that might look like in a year, 18 months' time. 
when you've had longer to convert the aspirations into something that looks and feels different if you're out there in a, a trust in special measures or a trust approaching special measures? Okay. So there's a few things with that. Usually in the NHS, support means the bit before getting sacked, doesn't it? So, <laughs> so somebody's going to come and help you. Um, and then you'll get somebody else who will come and help you move to your next job. So, <laughs> so we, need to, we need to change that, don't we? So um, th there's something about our operating model needs to, in my view, put people back in regions where you recognise, understand who's there, feel like they're a colleague working with you, uh, they've got a manageable number of organisations that, uh, that are workable with. You can sit in a room if you have an urgent issue with 10, 15, maybe 20 people that respect each other and work through local solutions. So I think that's the first step. And there's a bit of a, uh, there's different operating models between Monitor and TDA, but that's the operating model I think we need to be uh, moving towards. And they need to be supported by, you know, good evidence, the things that can't be done on a regional level. So there'll be some methodologies, techniques, data that we'll probably have to deal with at a national level, but very much uh, working from a local level of support um, backwards rather than being a central thing that points to problems uh, locally. I think there's then a big problem, Chris, about trying to get a bit ahead of the game. So um, I've spent most of the last three weeks banging on about, we'll look at problem organisations. We're obsessed with talking about problem organisations and problem health economies. And frankly, they're the same 20 to 25 that were there 20 years ago, largely. So. Uh, the last time I had a, a foray out of uh, the trust world, I was regional finance director in Northern and Yorkshire and uh, just before regions went. And uh, you know, you look down the list, I've still got the lists now, you look down the list of the organisations in trouble then, it's pretty much the same as the organisations in trouble now, we've just failed to address it. And, and part of that issue is those problems are very often not institutional problems, the system problems in that patch. Um, and we'll find it really hard to confront those things. So what you know, one of the things I'll be doing through NHS improvement is at least make us confront them. We might not be able to find an answer, but let's be honest about there's a really serious system problem. So actually changing a few people within an institution isn't the answer. So I think uh, if we move forward maybe a year, 18 months, hopefully we'll have confronted some of the difficult issues, ideally solved some of them or have a path to solving them. We're more mature about systems rather than individual institutions and individuals with them, within them. And you will all feel if you're in a local system, you've got colleagues from NHS Improvement in the trench with you rather than in a kind of First World War sen uh, sense, drinking shabbly a couple of minds <laughs> So that moment when you know, I'm from NHS Improvement, I've come to help you kind of thing. <laughs> Just on your first point, some people listening to you will say, isn't this the reinvention of strategic health authorities? Mm -hmm. So that could, that could be argued. I mean, I come from a patch that was uh, all FT first. The northeast was all FT, uh, uh, maybe the only region that was all FT. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was actually the region that had a good SHA as well. So, you know, I'm not in the camp of uh, thinking SHAs were actually bad things. I think there might be some evidence that elsewhere that they weren't as helpful as ours was, and there was always a bit of an edge. We can't create SHAs, and frankly, the world's moved on anyway, so we're in a more complex environment. But the idea that in um, manageable, identifiable health communities where there's a, a, a set of characters, there's a, 
uh, there's an atmosphere, there's a style, etc. I think that's where the action needs to be. People working together in their patches where they understand each other. And we'll see, Simon's already said a couple of times, hopefully what we'll try and do is a kind of two-stage planning process where there's a quick and dirty sort yourself out plan. And then a longer term plan in the spring where you look in communities, that makes sense. So some of that will require us to change communities because we've got some units of planning that actually don't make any sense. Uh, get back to uh, areas that are connected with each other and, and work out what the future is properly together. So I don't think it is an SHA, Chris, I think we could yeah. be accused of that, but there's definitely something about regional and local solutions again rather than national solutions. And listening to what Mark said, you know, there's something here about where does the NHS look for the expertise in improvement skills? We used to have a modernisation agency. We've got David Fillingham with us today. Mm -hmm. Are we looking to the reinvention of something like the modernisation agency, or is that mm. the wrong model? Well, again, I think uh, is that some of the slides showed a lot of a lot of things have changed since then. So mm. technology's changed a lot. I, I, you know, if I ever need to need any, uh, know anything now, it's Google first, isn't it? That's <laughs> that's what you do to find things out. So um, I think the modernisation agency created lots of good things for us. So, um, you know, things like the collaboratives and stuff in the early days were actually really powerful. But now we've got this um, ridiculously complex array of uh, people who are mm, mm. commentating on uh, on this sort of stuff. And there's loads of things within institutions that people do, are doing. What I want us to do is we'll create our own uh, NHS improvement methodology and support system, which will include a wraparound of all the good things that we're going to find. So you know that might be a portal that gives people access to all of Roy Lilly's stuff, all of Salford's stuff, the Northumbria stuff, wherever. If you have an idea that you've, uh, you think there's value in improving from, hopefully we'll be mature enough to say, that's great, let's put realms around it. If that helps people connect each other, let's do that. And what we need is a movement, isn't it? It's not a, it's not a central directive system. We need fire in the belly where everybody's trying to move things. And finally, on that, you know, I talked a bit last week about this. It's easier to find, go and talk to a colleague who's a long way away from you and sort an improvement out than often it is to find a colleague who's next door who's doing a great thing. And we've got to get over that as well. Uh, so we've got some really pathetic competitive things going on where, you know, it's people won't have, the, 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 the don't want to swallow their pride and go and talk to their neighbour about something. So the price of that is you've got fantastic things happening next door to an organisation that's in trouble on the same thing. So I think we're all, we all have a responsibility to get over ourselves and think about the people we're looking after. So Mark, you're listening to Jim, three weeks in post. Mm -hmm. You've been with us for three days. You've talked to chief exec colleagues and others. What's your advice to, to Jim? Uh, first of all, I'm quite heartened that someone like Jim is in this position because it could have gone a different way. Um, second, I think you're right. The energy comes from the local area. The responsibility of the center is to provide the enabling circumstances. So this payment work that we're working on, um, the feedback is people tell us, you know, we'd like to do X, Y, Z, but... <coughs> This rule you have is preventing us, or the fact that Medicaid and Medicare have different definitions for a hip replacement bundle gets in the way of our being able to actually proliferate this unit of service in the marketplace. So my sense is it's a, a question of you finding out from these folks what they need to, to let them do 
the work that you're trying to get them to do and yeah. providing direction. I also suspect when I hear these talk about periodic reorganizations, um, we too have a little bit of reorganization fatigue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and having certainty from the center about this is the direction we're going in, no bullshit, mm -hmm. right? We're really going to do this. Having a time certain, my colleague Don Berwick says, some is not a number and soon is not a time, all <laughs> <laughs> right? So when you say we're going to have X percent by date certain, that has a way of, like the guillotine, of focusing the mind. Yeah. And that's another role that I think the center can play. So you're not the miracle worker. Mm -hmm. You're not the messiah. What do you need colleagues in the audience and leaders out there in the NHS who aren't with us today to do to support you and Simon and the national bodies to get us out of the mess you've been describing? Yeah. I don't think you should worry about supporting us. You know, I think we're big lads and we're going to look after ourselves. <laughs> but, um, I think, you know, this sounds ridiculously simple, but I, what I used to always say in Northumbria, and I'll say it here, is have a go. Uh, seek forgiveness rather than permission. If you ask for permission, you automatically give somebody the right to say no. And we're really good at saying no. Um, so find, you know, just find a local solution, have a plan. For so first of all, don't bungle on thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do next. <laughs> or the plan should really be to confront this difficult thing, but I don't want to do that. So confront it. And frankly, have a go. Um, what we can't be doing is just observing a national problem that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and if that means you need a bit of help to navigate the rules, you know, we've got lots of people who are really good at understanding the rules and that will we'll get that orientated so it helps you find ways around things rather than assuming that they're not possible. But fundamentally, have a go and encourage your people to have a go. The NHS is a huge employer. If we can unleash, you know, whatever it is, broadly a million people to try and do good things. That's a lot more powerful than me and Simon having yeah. a go. So. Okay. so, Mark, is this the time to introduce your idea of the Valentine card to colleagues in the room? It's actually Don's idea, but it's come up actually for each of the last two days. There are colleagues from chief execs and others who had identified things that they thought were standing in the way of them having a go. Mm -hmm. And we suggested that you all send uh, Simon and Mike Valentines. <laughs> Dear Simon, lovely to see you yesterday. Please fix the following nine things. <laughs> Love Northumbria, right? <laughs> so, but I actually think, and maybe there's a role for the King's Fund in helping to organize and curate this activity. My sense is you're wide open to knowing what you can do to help. Mm. Um, and sometimes people just, you assume that he's not going to listen, where if you tell him, he'd be glad to work on it. So this is this idea that's been kicking around back and forth for the last couple yeah. of days. So, so I think that's a great idea. So there's a few ways of doing that. Talk to colleagues from Monitor and TDA who are here today. Send me an email. If you don't want to be, you know, be traceable in it, you're worried about it for <laughs> obvious reasons, do it through Chris. But don't stay silent if you, if you want help. I think a lot of the barriers are actually imagined barriers or we've conditioned ourselves to think that something's not possible. Or it's just a distract. It's a diversionary tactic, you know, which we're all, if we're honest, we're very good at. Um, but absolutely, let us know if there's a problem where you want us to focus on something, and we'll have a go. Jim, thanks very much indeed. Let's show our appreciation to Jim. Thank you.